welcome to the STEM Economy with your host, Matt Bender. Bitcoin is You'll often hear Bitcoiners say, but just how free is Bitcoin really, especially if you live in El Salvador? That's right. On today's episode of Scam Economy, we'll discuss how the experiment in El Salvador is going, where Bitcoin is actual legal tender and official currency and just how that's affecting the people who live in the country. And we'll be talking with a Salvadorian who found out just how free Bitcoin really is. Now, there's a lot to talk about in this episode, so I want to dive right in. So I'm just going to quickly say to support this show, go to patreon.com slash where you can subscribe Go to scameconomy.com to find out all of the links where you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Subscribe to the video channels at youtube.com slash mattbinder and twitch.tv slash mattbinder. And with all that said, joining me now is Salvadorian developer Mario Gomez to talk about basically what the hell is going on with El Salvador and it's, or at least I should say, it's government's love of Bitcoin. Mario, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for the invitation, Matt. So, uh, well, you know, uh, there is a lot of things going on uh, back there in El Salvador. Um, I, well, maybe I need, need to start telling that um, I tried to explain uh, a lot of people what uh, was Bitcoin back there in El Salvador. Right. So um, how would you explain? You know, how, how would you explain to like someone in you know someone in El Salvador who's never heard of Bitcoin? I mean, it's the same here, I'm assuming. But like, I, I would. I'm very interested to hear how you would explain it to someone who never heard of Bitcoin before. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, normally uh, what I try to explain to the people uh, is that Bitcoin will, is a technology that was originally developed uh, to record uh, transactions of value without the need of a central entity like a bank. Um, however, uh, after so many years, the main use of, of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies has been focused on speculation, people trying to make money uh, f from investing on it and expecting the prices go up. So that's like the shortest explanation that I give to the people. Uh, so, right. so, um, so, you know, El Salvador seems to have really dove right in, made Bitcoin a a. a currency there and there's laws surrounding bitcoin and you know you 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 know how uh bitcoin uh supporters and fans and investors and maxis love to like one of their things one of their sayings is you know bitcoin is freedom it, it's gonna give freedom equals freedom and i'm looking here and um it seems like bitcoin gave you a lot of freedom by oh no wait i'm sorry you got yeah, arrested it... <laughs> over bitcoin yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I was arrested because I was criticizing the way that Bitcoin was implemented in El Salvador. Essentially, you know, it was a surprise for everyone in El Salvador um, when they presented this on the Bitcoin conference last year because uh, no one uh, was thinking about 
about Bitcoin as a legal tender. Not even the people that already know knew about it, because you know I'm a part of a bigger like technical community back there in El Salvador, so we know some of our friends uses it to to speculate, right? So uh, even for us, it it was like a big surprise because we didn't understand the reasons behind it. Uh, behind it. And just a couple of days after they announced it, they came to the, uh, like, uh, we call these the national assemblies where uh, the legislature prepares and, and approves the laws. So they came there, uh, they just discussed it for a couple of hours, and they approved it after midnight. So, so, it, so it, what, it, what, does, <laughs> what does this law do? Like, I'm trying to understand, like, like you know, we're, we're just starting out, and I had to bring up that, like, it still boggles my mind that, are you the first Per, like, have you made history as the first person to be arrested over Bitcoin and not be involved in like a Bitcoin scam? Like, you're not someone who made like, you know, like fifty million dollars hacking some exchange or something. Like, you gotta be uh, in in the record books. Yeah, apparently, I'm the first person that is arrested for opposing to Bitcoin. And you know, this is a big contradiction because the only thing that I tried to do was to explain to people why this didn't make sense because. You know, I'm not a Bitcoiner. I don't like cryptocurrencies for ideological reasons, let's say, uh, because I don't think that you can fix money problems with more money or a new kind of money. I mean, essentially, that's what I think. So I try to explain to people why many of these promises uh, of Bitcoin didn't have like any good reasons uh, behind them. Uh, the, fir- the first thing that they told us is that uh, the reason why they wanted Bitcoin is because it, 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 somehow it was going to reduce the uh, fees from remittances. That is not true. Because That's always a big one. Oh, this is gr- let me Let me hear this because this is probably the thing you hear most – from Bitcoiners and, and crypto advocates that – not even just Bitcoin, but although this we, – we will focus on Bitcoin yeah, here. But general, you hear yeah. overwhelmingly crypto in general, one of the biggest positives it will give the world is on remittances. And here you are in El Salvador oh, – from El Salvador, I should say. Uh, and, and, and you're telling me otherwise. Please explain. Okay, what happens is that uh, there is a lot of people that migrated from Central America, not only from Salvador, but from all the region from Central America to the U.S., mostly in the time where um, all this country has these wars that were like these proxy wars from the Cold War. So, you know, a lot of people migrated to the U.S., so this developed like a big market of remittances to the Central American regions. And there is a lot of providers that can and, um, uh, that, that are able to send remittances back to Central America with really small fees or not fees at all. Um, and uh, they don't even need people to have like an identification to send money back because, you know, there is a lot of people that unfortunately doesn't have like the means to have like a regular migration status. So they don't have like access to the to the banks to be able to send uh, directly a wire transfer between a bank in the U.S. back to Central America. So you have a lot of these uh, remittances services, which fees are really low. I mean, uh, I think that if you send less than five hundred dollars, 
in most of the cases, you pay less than ten than ten dollars to send a remittances back to El Salvador or Honduras or Guatemala. So uh, the problem with cryptocurrencies in a country like the U.S. is that you need to go through the traditional bank because at the end of the day, there is only two ways that you can get cryptocurrencies. One is um, buying it from an an exchange that the exchange has its own fees because they they need to recover their costs somehow or mining it and and if you are mining cryptocurrency you know that there is like a very high entry barrier because you need to um, pay for the electricity and you need to uh, pay the hardware so essentially you're living out leaving out most of the people that doesn't have the means to access like the traditional banks or have enough money to uh, set up a mining ring so uh, when you compare the fees uh, and and the way that people usually send money back to El Salvador or, or any other Central American countries, you have really small small fees with the traditional providers. That is something that is really hard to compete if you are trying to replace this with with cryptocurrency. That ironically adds more middlemen to the to the to this equation. Right. Wow. That's the you know, that's, <laughs> that's you know that's I mean that's I mean, that that's what I feel like I've been saying in. In, in, a, in less technical and less specific words to people who bring that to me. But I think, you know, to hear it from someone who's, who's native to the country, it, it hits a lot more. I mean, so, so basically you're saying that these traditional methods, I'm guessing you mean like something like Western Union or something yeah. like that, they are just hands down cheaper. Is, now, is that because obviously there are incredible fees with crypto? Uh, that That's probably one reason, right? And then another reason is that how much the the value of cryptocurrency ebbs and flows i'm sure that i mean i'm sure the fees that you pay for western union can equal what like a bitcoin's worth like loses in worth in like that amount of time you send it yeah yeah there's uh, there is actually a lot of reasons but uh, i think that the main problem with the fees when you try to use cryptocurrency is that at the end of the day you need to go to the traditional banks at certain point and 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 you know there is always these small fees when you use your credit or debit card to buy cryptocurrency in one exchange then you need to add the exchange fees to buy cryptocurrency and then you need to add all these uh, volatility of the crypto cryptocurrency itself so yeah it's kind of a bet maybe you are lucky and by the time people cash it out uh, at the other side the price increases and 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 the fees doesn't matter but uh, it's a risk and most of the people doesn't send um, a, a lot of money to risk i mean most of the people send what i know um, two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars. So they cannot afford like uh, losing ten or fifteen dollars just uh, for the volatility. And right. the thing is that many people doesn't understand that. Um, you know, in El Salvador we have like, really low wages. So it, you have people earning like three hundred and sixty dollars by month. So if they lose. Um, I don't know, $25 just by the volatility of a cryptocurrency, that, that's a big loss for them. And and if you're a small business that depends on buying your um, whatever you need uh, for the next day, then you, you, you cannot use cryptocurrency for day-to-day -day transactions because you, can afford, you cannot afford these kind of risks with, with the volatility. And it's what we see in El Salvador with the Bitcoin implementation.
Right, right. I mean, I, I was looking up the stats before I called you, and you know, uh, El Salvador unfortunately has, I believe, one of the the highest poverty rates in North America. Um, so exactly what you said, um, people don't can't afford to be playing around with this money. Uh, but but I'm I'm sitting here wondering. You mean you mean to tell me, Mario, that all those Bitcoin ATMs aren't saving the day in El Salvador? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you mean Bitcoin it, Beach isn't every people aren't like riding the waves. Everyone else is not riding like surfing USA and hanging yeah, out on the Bitcoin know, Beach. But- the, the thing is that Bitcoin Beach is not the reality of the rest of the country. It, right. it was like a small experiment of, of how a small close community can use Bitcoin to pay itself for, for small services and, and, and things within the community. Uh, but, you know, the, the reality is that outside Bitcoin Beach, it, it's really hard for people uh, to use Bitcoin. And, and you can, like, Google a couple of people trying to uh, go there and pay only in Bitcoin. And, and what you will find is that uh, it is accepted, but maybe in some, like, uh, a big uh, business, not like in the common small business around because, you know, people prefer cash, pre- pre- People prefer dollars, and uh, and you know the other thing is that the the national currency in El Salvador is U.S. dollars. So it, it, it's kind of fun because one of the reasons that uh, Bitcoiners uh, give to use Bitcoin is because they say that uh, in many countries inflation uh, it's removing the portions por- power of the people. It's it's kind of true, uh, but uh, in El in case of El Salvador, it's not that exaggerated uh, like in other parts of the of the world where they have the, their own kind of currencies. And they usually compare these with Venezuela and Argentina. That's the, they have really big problems with their own currency because they, they have these really high levels of inflation that we don't experiment. If you look at the inflation numbers for... Uh, uh, many countries in Latin America, um, at least until the, the the last year, El Salvador was one of the countries with the uh, with, with less inflation uh, numbers uh, from all. So uh, you try to to understand the reasons that they give you to implement Bitcoin in El Salvador, but when you look at the real data, it doesn't make sense. So it, not a, their their justification doesn't make a lot of sense when you compare with the actual data. Right. Right. Now, now I brought up Bitcoin Beach, and and I want to go back to that actually because I think I think maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. El Salvador's Bitcoin story starts with Bitcoin Beach. W- would you say that's correct? Yeah, I would say it's correct, and and it's kind of weird because yeah. uh, no <laughs> one really uh, knew about this experiment uh, until we saw it in, on one international media outlet or something like that. So for, for people who uh, don't for people who don't have any idea, can you just very because there could be yeah. someone tuning in and they could be going, Bitcoin Beach, I thought you were joking. That's an actual thing. Yeah, uh, Bitcoin Beach is actually um, a small organization. It's a small NGO. What they did is like uh, trying to help the poor people living in El Sonte. It's, it's the name of this uh, beach back there in El Salvador. So they started teaching them how to use Bitcoin. They 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 give the 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 the, the child um, um, English classes. This kind of thing. Okay, uh, I thought you were going to say you give. The I thought you were Okay. Bitcoin on oh. children. Well, dude. <laughs> right. I, mean, I mean, listen, I, I want to I say right up front just so people understand. 
This isn't like, uh, you know, some uh, really tech-savvy Salvadorians d doing this. We're talking about people from America seeing an opportunity to push Bitcoin, to promote Bitcoin, to have an experiment that doesn't affect anyone here in the United States that will only affect people in a, yeah. you know, a, in a nation that, you know, uh, the the locals can't really afford to be experimented on. As weird as it yeah, sounds, yeah, like no, they're experimenting it's... on this. Like it's so weird. The 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 thing with Bitcoin Beach is that you know the data is what not that bad because what they were trying to do was to improve the situation of the community in in El Sonte, but at the same time, um, what they did is to give people Bitcoin so they can spend on the business and they can use it to if they wanted to use to um, to speculate with it uh, they they can do that. So uh, that was like the original idea, but when you look at the kind of business that ended using Bitcoin, you will see that like the, the big hotels and and the people that has the, the big restaurants that has a lot of money, they use it for, for to speculate. The, most of the people, the small, the small business that adopted Bitcoin in, in Bitcoin Beach, what they try to do is at the end of the day, try to cash it for uh, dollars because they need the money <laughs> anyways. Uh, for the for the next day. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting for the people. I mean, it's, if you're a tourist and you want to spend Bitcoin, you will like to go to to Bitcoin Beach because y you are pretty sure that most of the business like, are going to accept Bitcoin back there. But uh, in reality, at the end of the day, all the prices are in US dollars because it doesn't make any sense to make to to set the prices on Bitcoin. And most of the people is going to exchange it by dollars at the end of the day uh, because they need the money to buy outside, uh, things outside of, of this community. After after the Bitcoin law, uh, this gave a lot of people to use uh, Bitcoin everywhere in the country, essentially. But, you know, the problem with the Bitcoin beach is that there is no... Um, um, we would like to know the numbers to to evaluate if it was successful of, or not before trying to uh, like um, um, increase or or to expand uh, to the rest of the country. But if you ask the guys that are managing the pro the project, they don't give you any data. They only tell you that it's a success because it, that, uh, some small business are using Bitcoin, but you don't have a real measure to 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 see if. Uh, if this makes any sense for the rest of the country. And and I think that that's the problem with the Bitcoin and El Salvador. And that's the kind of thing that I was criticizing after they approved the Bitcoin law. So that was the, the reason they didn't I mean, like me. <laughs> I mean, you also just drew the straight line from Bitcoin Beach to, I mean, people, some tourists catching some waves to you getting arrested. Like that was the domino. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, also, I mean, it I also love imagining this idea of like uh, the price uh, was in Bitcoin and like you're like one order of ceviche, please. And it's like that'll be point zero 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 one two three one uh, Bitcoin, please. It's like, whoa, OK, uh, let's figure that out. I think that there is a sketch around. I don't know who did it, but it was kind of fun because they tried to pay with Bitcoin and the price keep changing because, you know, at the end of the day, you want the dollar equivalent. It doesn't make sense to fix the prices to Bitcoin. So, yeah, it's the same that happens in El Salvador. Everything is set in dollars. And all these applications, the only thing they do is to 
transfer or convert automatically to to Bitcoin at the exchange price at that particular moment. And if you're lucky, uh, the price will increase. And if not, well, you you might lose lose money. Right. <laughs> and that's what happened to many people since September to this day, because you know the the price has been in a downtrend during all these months, several oh. months. Oh, but we'll get to we'll get to where we are now in a second. Yeah. Um. So let's let's leave Bitcoin Beach. I'm sure I'll do an episode that gets more in depth into the the names and players behind what's going on yeah. there. But let's move from Bitcoin Beach now to. Uh, I, I'm actually surprised we went this long without really bringing him up, President Naib Bukele. And now I asked you before the show actually to to run by me how. You know, I, I you know here you are, uh, Salvadorian. I asked you to uh, pronounce his name for me. I think I pronounced it right, correct? Naib Bukele. Yeah, yeah. And I was telling you how I I actually originally did pronounce his name that way, like to like when I would read articles about him. And then I was watching videos from the Bitcoin 2022 conference in Miami, Florida. And all these people who love him so much and are bringing him up all the time to, like, honor him, they were, like, all pronouncing his name wrong. I thought I was the one who was wrong because I heard them and I assumed (laughs) they love him so much. They must know, but apparently not. Yeah, you you know, I I think that the problem is that most of Bitcoiners don't really care about the details. It's like, okay, this guy is promoting Bitcoin. I don't know if uh, I I mean I imagine that in my in their mind is I don't they don't even know how to pronounce his name well. But it doesn't matter because you know it's it's the president that is uh, that made the Bitcoin legal tender in El Salvador. So the details doesn't matter for for most of these people and i think that's the essential problem with most of the bitcoiners that they don't really care about the people they are they only care that the numbers are going up and there is someone that supports them on using bitcoin for whatever they want and and that's the thing that i don't like of most of their communities and i have told them um several times I mean, I, I think I think that is the perfect like uh, encapsulation of of it all, honestly. And if we weren't just in the middle of the show, that would have been a perfect way to end it. But there's still so much more to talk yeah. about because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, that really that really does distill it to to its you know its core. What's going on here? Um, they're looking at El Salvador, and they equals Bitcoiners in general. Whether it's the the big whales, the 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 uh, advocates, the maxis, the people who were on stage at that conference, the people who were in the audience at that conference, they cheer on what goes on in El Salvador because they are cheering on anything that they think will benefit their own pockets without thinking about how what they're cheering on is actually affecting the people who using the word we brought up before are being experimented on it's it's yeah. it's so gross honestly yeah i th- i think that's that's the worst part of this uh, bitcoin law implementation in Salvador because we felt like it was a big experiment on us and the problem is that no one asked us about this i mean the, the government never never mentioned it, that they wanted to use bitcoin at any point i mean that there is uh, no plans about it there was no consultation uh, this is something that just came up we suppose that it came from the bukele's family from the bukele's brothers because 
they were the only ones that knew about this be, before before everyone like knew about this bitcoin law and uh, you know uh, and then you see the bitcoiners uh, saying that we need to try we need to give an opportunity that is it goes it's good for us uh, but they never asked us. I mean, if this was some kind of experiment, I think that the ethical way of doing it was to ask the people if they want to be involved in this, uh, see if they really want to measure the the, the results and, and, and decide if, if going forward, if making it a law or whatever they wanted. But it's not what happened in El Salvador. It was something imposed. And it's, again, this freedom and liberties and these kind of things that the Bitcoiners promote everywhere. I mean, how is that you are promoting something that you say brings freedom to the people and at the same time you are supporting a guy that essentially imposes Bitcoin as a legal tender, as a forced legal, legal tender, because, it's, uh, you know, the law says is that you must accept Bitcoin in cases offered. So for me, this is a way to limit the freedom of the people of choosing the way uh, or their payment means that they want back there in El Salvador. So it's not organic. Um, I think that many people just downloaded the application uh, from the government just because they were given uh, uh, 30 US dollars as a gift. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, I, I don't know how you can like have these two uh, way of thinking uh, of, of thinking about something uh, that is giving you freedom and at the same time supporting this kind of forced implementation. It doesn't make any sense for me. <laughs> right? I, no, I completely agree. And let's wrap back around to that thirty dollars in a second. I, I want to stick with uh, Bukele right now, um, you know, because for people who are again unfamiliar with him. Uh, even before this Bitcoin law, you know, everything I was reading about him, at least, uh, I guess, with the, uh, you know, the, the uh, from the ideological bent of the outlets that I read. Uh, but I think it's actually pretty well established, even in the mainstream. He's he's in a, somewhat of an authoritarian authoritarian. And I think maybe I'm being generous by saying somewhat. Uh <laughs> He, he, I had seen prior to even the Bitcoin stuff that he had basically ousted. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong or not getting it right. He ousted like the El Salvadorian Supreme Court or something like that. Yeah, essentially, you know, after he won the presidency, he had been removing all the uh, officers and like uh, anyone that can um, essentially oppose to whatever they want. So they are starting, uh, starting removing uh, the people on the national police. Uh, they are forcing the, um, um, you know, the, there is the general attorney officers. So the prosecutors, they, they are uh, forcing them to leave if they are older than certain age. And then when they got the National Assembly with uh, most of the legislators on the party that is promoted by the president, they removed the Supreme Court and they removed the Constitutional Court. In El Salvador, the Constitutional Court is like the highest recourse if 
that you as a citizen have if the government um, um, removes or attacks any of your rights. So the problem now is that if you feel that the government is not doing uh, its job, there is essentially no one where you can uh, ask for any protections. And the problem is that uh, it's getting worse every day. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, well, uh, almost a month ago, uh, they approved this um, martial law. Uh, they justified this because uh, we had like a lot of uh, homicides in just one day. It, it was the worst day in so many years, even if, if you take into consideration previous administrations. So um, the government justified the, the, the approval of this martial law because of that. After that day, the numbers went down. I mean, the homicide rate went down again. Uh, there is no more homicides, at, at least not from the official numbers. And they extended it 30 more days uh, for, um, for, for an, an, an additional month. So, but the problem is that, uh, again, they are hiding a lot, of, a lot of information. All the institutions are controlled by uh, the, 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 the Bukele. Uh, I mean, Bukele, when I say Bukele, I mean not only him, because he's, he's like the public face, but uh, his brothers also. We know that they have a lot of power, but you don't see them often in the, in, 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 in the news. Uh, so we think that essentially everything goes through them and, and everything that his, happens in El Salvador. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Continue. I didn't want to cut you off there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so essentially it's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's an authoritarian government controlled by these guys. Uh, and you know, the public face of it is Nayib Bukele. That is the guy that many people likes because, uh, we have to say that he's very good and, um, you know, he has this, uh, um, publicity uh, agency. So he knows pretty well how to send messages and how to work with the population and how to convince people that he is a good guy. But at the same time, he removes all the um, things that prevents him from abusing his power. So that, that's the situation in El Salvador now. Are his brothers uh, elected officials, or are they unelected? No, no, they are unelected. Oh, but they are the ones. If you, oh if you, boy. I want to again I want to go back I, I'm, I'm not gonna you know I, I if, if I wanted to I could go back and erase it but I'm not but I'm going to say <laughs> I'm gonna make an addendum here I retract saying somewhat this guy is full-on authoritarian yeah <laughs> it's, it's full authoritarian so yeah and you know the, the thing is that if if you look if, if we get back to the topic of the Bitcoin if you look the to the companies that were involved on in the implementation of the Bitcoin law, you will see that it was his brothers, the ones that were negotiating with all this uh, business to, to try to see how they, they are going to implement the Bitcoin law in El Salvador. So you, you can see that it's not only him, it's he and, and his brothers, the ones behind uh, Bitcoin and so many other things going on in El Salvador. So, yeah, and the problem is that they are not elected officers. They are just, uh, but, but they are everywhere. I mean, they are the ones having the meetings uh, with the National Assembly. They are the ones having the meetings with the uh, with all this business. And and you know that, you know, it's it's a family business at the end of the day. Right. Uh, it's oh, we just know that... we know about that with our previous administration. So we're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> 
So at the end of the day, you know that, uh, you know, Nayib Bukele is like the public face of, of everything because he is also the, the one that likes to be in front of the cameras. But, you know, it's uh, they are the ones that control the country right now. And, it, and yeah, that, that's there, what's happening. Is there any, um, maybe spe- maybe it's speculation or any reporting that, that, ties that business end into this in terms of why Bukele and the the family his his brothers would push so hard for bitcoin is there like some uh you know evidence out there that maybe yeah, there that... were some you know exchanges or other sort of crypto companies that that you know put some nice little uh uh <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm no, trying to think of the right word to say here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you want to say. Did they receive? The remi- did they receive remittances from anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they received it in Bitcoin or something like that. We don't know. That's the problem. That you know, normally you have several recourses to to ask the administrations to see how the public funds have, have are being used. Uh, the problem is they. Uh, made sure that no one can get information about the Bitcoin implementation of Salvador. They essentially, uh, you know, they say that all the information related to Bitcoin law implementation of Salvador is secret. Don't ask me why. The reason that they justify this is because uh, all the funds are man- managed by a private company, and uh, they say that because it's a private company, they cannot ask for the details of the implementation, which is a lie, because uh, they are using public funds, and in theory, uh, these companies need to provide uh, like the details uh, of how they are using the public funds. Uh, but the problem is it's really hard. But, you know, this makes you question why they are trying so hard to make Bitcoin legal tender if they don't have any interest behind. So, yeah, we don't have any evidence. But, I mean, it's pretty obvious that if you are so interested in something and uh, when you look at the results and, and just a couple, I think that today or yesterday there was a new study uh from several U.S. universities, where they essentially confirm what we have been saying about the, um, uh, the Bitcoin implementation, that most of the people are is not interested, most of the people just use it for these $3 that they gave as a gift, most of the business are not using it. So, you know, this begs the question, why they are so interested and why they are keeping this so closed and why the Bukele's family is so interested on this specific thing. So, yeah, we don't have like any evidence yet. So <laughs> hopefully in the future we will um, maybe someone of these enterprise finally agree to share what they discussed with the Bukele's essentially. Right. Uh because at this point it's really hard because they are making sure to prevent anyone to get any information about the funds and how they are using or the companies involved. Uh, we don't even have like a list of the companies that are currently working 
with uh, this national Chivo World application. You know, that's like the basic thing that you must know. Right. Uh, we know this because some of these companies have been um, uh, have have been talking with uh, newspapers and things like that, telling that they are involved in somehow. But you know, there is no official information that we can like uh, share or consult. So yeah. It's kind of hard. <laughs> right. I, 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 I mean, we've seen, I think there's been uh, photos of the various different, like, CEOs of the different exchanges. Well, I'm trying to remember who the latest one was. I think it was Binance, maybe, that was who I last saw. Uh, uh, it's like a revolving door of people coming in from, you know, crypto CEOs coming into El Salvador. Uh, maybe they're just there because they heard about the, uh, the great, the great <laughs> ceviche at Bitcoin Beach. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> maybe that's all that is. There is. Uh, there is a lot of good food, but I don't think it's the main reason, you know. Uh, and then you have all these people that was involved this, the, since the beginning, uh, like the Tether people going around, uh, you know, the, the these people from Bitfinex, that you know that uh, we don't really know what's behind them. I mean, we don't even know if, if Tether has all the uh, US dollars to back their stablecoin. Because no one really knows, and right. they have been there since the beginning. Uh, since the beginning, and now they are saying that they are going to be the ones that are going to uh, issue these Bitcoin volcano bonds. So you can imagine that they really know what's going on. But the problem is that you know, in 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 the conference, when you try to approach them and ask them questions about what's really going on. They don't tell you nothing. Uh, it's like they don't know anything. They say that, yeah, they're just an enterprise that worked with the El Salvadorian government, but they cannot give you more details. So it, it, I, I don't really know what's going on with these people because uh, they, they must know what's going on. And the government is not giving any information. So you can imagine there is something behind that they don't want to share because it's going to affect somehow their business or whatever they are doing in El Salvador and in other countries. Right. Has anyone thought of trying to get this information by, you know, uh, taking a case to the constitutional? Oh, no, wait, I forgot. Wait, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is this is much more like like hearing you tell like I I feel like like you know as I was doing research for this episode, hearing you tell me tell me how, like laying it out for me though, it really does feel like I'm I'm listening to the latest big true crime podcast. Like there, it seems like there is a big thing going on here that's being ignored by like the rest of the world. Like there is. There's gotta be something real. I mean, there's gotta be something really shady going on here. Yeah, and you know, it, it all the critics. I, I mean, we we criticize a lot the way that everything is is in, is being implemented, and disprove us of what we are saying is fairly easy. You can show like these um, public balances of what they are spending the the, the money. They can like share a list of the companies that are working on the implementation. They can share the public documentation. I mean, it's it's like the standard in many countries, like sharing all the details of 
a public uh, funded company to so the people can verify by itself uh, if if by themselves is everything is right but we don't have anything of this so why they insist so hard on keeping all this information hiding from the public there's must be something else and uh, most of their justifications are around that uh, they don't want to share information because then the people that is against them is going to use them to prevent them to 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 help people around. It doesn't make sense because if whatever they are doing, um, if they are doing it in the right way, uh, then it's, it's easy to prove that they are doing good things and it will be fairly easy to show that there is nothing shady behind so there is nothing to hide but apparently they have a lot of, a lot of things to hide and that's the reason why they are keeping it a secret everything related to bitcoin in el salvador right could you could you really quickly uh explain because you mentioned um uh the volcano bonds can you just explain that to people who aren't who haven't heard about this yeah okay you know um the problem currently in El Salvador is that well traditionally you know we are a small country we don't have like a lot of industries so most of the public um, uh, offices are uh, and I mean most of the 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 the, pub, uh, the public offices are funded by uh, debt and essentially we ask for uh, international organizations to fund so many operations in El Salvador so there is a, a lot of a national debt to essentially uh, allow the country to run. Uh, 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 and the problem is that uh, the government has been spending a lot of money in, um, let's say, populist measures because uh, they want to keep most of the people happy back there in El Salvador. And obviously uh, these expenses uh, needs, uh, means that they need more money. And the problem is that many of these um, companies that do risk assessment on the countries have been degrading like the risk uh, indicators of El Salvador. So that, that makes it more hard for El Salvador to get funds from um, uh, organization like the uh, IMF or World Bank. So uh, what they're trying to do is to issue um, national bonds, uh, but instead of using the traditional mechanism, what they're going to do is to issue them on the blockchain. So essentially, um, they are going to issue tokens. They are going to sell you tokens uh, for $100 each. So anyone in theory can buy these uh, bonds and they're prom promising you like six percent of yield after uh, five years and um, they are asking for uh, one billion dollars uh, and 500 millions are going to be used to buy bitcoin uh, lock it up for five years in expecting uh, for the price to increase and uh, 500 millions to uh, fund infrastructure for the Bitcoin city. That is the city that they are going to uh, build. Well, they are telling us they are going to build this city on the western part of, of the country. Uh, that is going to be like an, an autonomous region uh, with no taxes for Bitcoiners. And um, yeah, that's 
the plan supposedly. Uh, the thing is that um, they um, they were supposed to issue the bonds by the end of the last year. Then they delayed it. Uh, uh, supposedly they, they were going to issue them on the Bitcoin conference. It didn't happen. Uh, Nayib Bukele uh, doesn't even show up to the <laughs> Bitcoin conference in Miami. So. Um, many of us are suspecting that uh, probably they don't have like uh, someone really interested in buying this because you know, at the end of the day, yeah, you can issue them on the blockchain and maybe the the small players, all the plebs, like the bitcoiners called the people that doesn't have a lot of bitcoin, like like the whales. Maybe they are like interested. Literally everybody in El Salvador who they're experimenting <laughs> on. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, and probably there is not uh, a lot of interest on, like, the big actors, because at the end of the day, it, you know, Bitcoin has um, how many years? 13 years by now, something, or yeah. 12? Yeah, something like that. Um, if at this point you have a lot of Bitcoin, you are like a smart person that have that knows a little bit how to manage your money, or you are paying someone else to to tell you if something is worth it to invest it. And there is a lot of th signals, I think, uh, from El Salvador that tell investors that maybe it's not a good idea because all the other things that are happening that, you know, at, at the end of the day, even if Bitcoiner says that Bitcoin is not about trust, um, if you're a government that is going to issue a bond and uh, you, if you are an, an investor, you need to trust them that they are going to actually to pay you back whatever you invest on, uh, the, the amount that you are investing on these countries. So uh, the problem is that this administration, the Bukele administration, is sending all kind of wrong signals about how do you, do you manage responsibly a country, right? So, and I think that is also affecting the trust that the whales uh, have on, on Bukele and his government. And maybe that's the real reason why they are not issuing the bonds yet. Um, oh. They need a whale to support them. And maybe whales are hardened to convince that they thought at the beginning. Right. That's my... <laughs> I mean, I was, uh, yeah, the whales don't want to go to Bitcoin Beach, interestingly enough. Uh, but <laughs> I was looking forward to the Bitcoin city. I'm really disappointed now that that shining star on the hill that would eventually be toppled by a mudslide when line goes down. I mean, <laughs> how, well, Bitcoin city, I'm guessing that would be an extension of like just a bigger Bitcoin beach, a bigger area where Bitcoin is the main Currency? That's yeah, what. Actually, no. It's it's just an area on the western part of the country. Um, you know, it's the Bukele is not the first one to suggest something like this. The previous administration tried to do the same with the Chinese government. They want to like uh, uh, gate them up pretty big area of of the west in the western part of the country to develop enterprise uh, tax-free uh, zones and these kind of things uh, but the problem is that they didn't get like no votes on the national assembly to pass the law that will allow this so uh, the the bitcoin city is actually like a smaller 
project compared to what the Chinese government wants okay. to do back there in El Salvador, but it's focused only on Bitcoin. And supposedly what they are offering the Bitcoiners is that if they want to uh, set up like their offices there, they can do that. They will provide all the basic services. They are not going to pay any taxes except like uh, sales uh, taxes. Uh-huh. And- this will be used to fund the operation of the city. Um, the problem is that we don't have any numbers to make sure that uh, just using like the state taxes will be enough to sustain a city in the long run. And if you ask like uh, architects and urban developers, they will tell you that building a city is not uh, cheap thing so they need a lot of money and probably the amounts that they're asking with uh, these bulking bonds and the amounts that they can raise with the sales taxes maybe are not enough to set up a city maybe that they will build i don't know a a couple of blocks with a couple of buildings and they will say that hey this is bitcoin city but yeah you will need a lot of money and you need to like uh, have a lot of interest for for a lot of companies so um and i think that that raises the question what el salvador has to offer uh for bitcoiners you know um when you look at all these crypto companies they tend to be like a small business with really uh, or, or with very specialized roles so the thing is that it, there is that kind of people back there in El Salvador and I mean I'm, I'm a developer I I know that there is a lot of small people back there that can work in these kind of companies but the thing is that normally what is happening is that some of these companies move to El Salvador and they brought people from abroad because you know it's it's sometimes it's more cheaper just to borrow someone that you already know how it works instead spending money on training someone that you don't know if this is going to work or not right. so what are the incentives that they have to really invest on the people back there in El Salvador. And if you don't give like any rules to operate, uh, yeah, you don't have any warranties that they actually are going to invest in Salvadorians. That it's what we'll like at the end of the day. Right, right. And speaking of the people of El Salvador, let's let's, uh, come back around now to that free $30 that every El Salvadorian received and the Chivo app. Can you can you break down what happened here? Because I know this caused huge, this actually caused like protests to show how beloved uh, Bitcoin is in uh, in El Salvador. There were like street protests over over this, right? Yeah, yeah you know, the, the protests started with the law and well, actually it Many people didn't like that I was arrested because I was criticizing the Bitcoin law implementation. And if you add that no many people was happy about um, Bitcoin being forced on them. Because, you know, this reminded us uh, at the time when uh, the US dollar was forced uh, on El Salvador. But when we adopted us dollars as the national currency there was a lot of um uh, research before that there there was a consultation before the implementation it was completely different to uh, the, the bitcoin law implementation so a lot of people started to protest for for this 
Um, and I just, no. want, I just want to drive home to people who are listening. When, when you say you know Bitcoin is forced on them, and you mentioned it earlier, but again, I really want to make sure people understand. It's not just like Bitcoin became a currency. It was you could be fined or, or even worse yeah. maybe if you okay. did not want to accept Bitcoin at your shop or store or whatever. Yeah, let me explain that a little bit. Uh, the, the, the one that is being forced to accept Bitcoin as a payment is uh, whoever is offering the product or the service, essentially the business. Um, what is happening now is that we have this consumer protection office. Uh, and if you don't accept Bitcoin or if people report that you are not accepting Bitcoin, then you can get a visit from the Consumer Protection Office and they can find you. Uh, they, they, they can put you a fine if, 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 they if, if you are not accepting Bitcoin. Um, they are not really enforcing this a lot. Uh, we, we have like only a, of two exceptional cases where people was like actually uh, fined uh, by, by this office. But the problem is that, you know, most of the people doesn't want to get into the risk of uh, having to engage with these kind of offices. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you you have your business, you, you would like to have everything uh, following the laws. So you don't want to, 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 to say that you are not accepting Bitcoin because then you can get a fine uh, from these offices. So that's the thing. That's that's how it's working now. And many people, but mostly Bitcoiners, say that uh, because it's not like uh, enforced the way that it must be enforced uh, in, in uh, like the way that it says in the law, uh, says that, yeah, then it's optional, but it's not true. The, the law say that it's uh, uh, mandatory to accept Bitcoin as a payment, and uh, there is public offices like this uh, Consumer Protection Office that I can find you if 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 you are not following the law. So uh, again, that's that's what's happening regarding to the business in in El Salvador. And yeah, right. <laughs> and so so explain for people, you know, the the um, the thirty dollar aspect and the Chivo app. So the app is something that was set up by the government to to yeah. sort of facilitate. Regular yeah. Salvadorians yeah. who aren't, you know, who who have no idea okay. what this stuff is. Go ahead. Yeah, that's that's the 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 other thing re regarding the Bitcoin law implementation. Um, you know, there is two ways of doing this. One was to use whatever uh, wallet Bitcoin wallet was available at the time. But the problem is that in the Bitcoin law, uh, the government um, obligated itself to provide a mechanism to convert automatically between uh, Bitcoin and US dollars. So what they did is that they created an application that works like a, an exchange. So essentially within this application, you can convert between US dollars and Bitcoin. If you receive like Bitcoin, you can trans, uh, convert it to dollars. Um, but they need to give people an, uh, some kind of incentive to use the application. So what they did was to give uh, every Salvadorian that sign up to this application uh, the equivalent to, of uh, 30 US dollars in Bitcoin. So most of the people that downloaded the application uh, did it because they were giving these $3. Hell yeah, I would do it too. <laughs> <laughs> 
And you know, on, on this study uh, that was released yesterday, uh, you can see that most of the people really downloaded the application just because of the $3. And most of them didn't use it, the application again because the only thing that they wanted was this uh, gift from the government. Those, and are the, I, those are the smart people, I want to say. Those are the very <laughs> smart people. Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, if if you think that most of the people get uh, $300, a little bit more than $300 by month uh, uh, as their monthly income, uh, having three, uh, three additional dollars for them to use, it, many people need them. I mean, yeah. most people live day to day. They have the, uh, they have things to pay. So uh, this is like an incentive to use. But the government makes sure that people cannot cash this out. So mm. application, you can only use this three three dollars in Bitcoin to pay other business in case you want to use it. So uh, that was the 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 mechanism they used to to incentivize the use of Bitcoin. Um, but what happened is that many people started to started to buy the Bitcoin. You you can go like to these Chivo ATMs, and there was some people asking you, uh, well, offering you uh, like twenty five, uh, twenty dollars for to transfer your Bitcoin to their wallet so they can cash it out. And many people did it because I mean uh, there was some people that uh, didn't know how to use this application very well, so they just sell it the the, the Bitcoin that uh, they gave uh, they got from the government. Uh, for less than the actual value. So there was like a black market of Bitcoin of people trying to cash it out. And, you know, uh, the other problem is that uh, we have, well, they, they set up like 200 ATMs around the country. Uh, but sometimes, sometimes they didn't work it. Or uh, uh, the problem is that you, you, you only can cash out like... Uh, um, um, multiples of ten dollars or twenty dollars. I don't remember. I don't ah. recall it. So if you have so some like, the, yeah, it was kind of fun because if you have your thirty dollars and by the time you get to the ATM, the price uh, went down, then you cannot cash it out uh, in completely. You right. yeah, in full. You need to to cash only ten or twenty dollars, depending on how much the the price drop. So yeah, it, it was crazy. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. just give the guy uh, get get this twenty dollars for the guy that was offering you to to buy your Bitcoin, and yeah, you, at the end of the day, you won't be able to cash it out, to to cash it at full. So yeah, it made sense. So yeah, that that was what happened. And now, um, reading uh, this study, uh, they found what we told everybody that most of the people only got the uh, onto this application because they wanted these three dollars, not because they were really interested on Bitcoin uh, or using it as a payment means. Um, what I can tell you is that the application became very popular. Uh, within the people that use it to speculate. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, because, is, it, is there something about it that, that makes it more, uh, I don't know, uh, what was that thing? They, they don't charge you any fees to uh, convert uh, between Bitcoin and US dollars. Uh. And even buy Bitcoin, the, the 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 fees from the spread that they use for the change 
is really low. So many people prefer it because it's cheaper than doing the same on uh, one of these popular crypto exchanges because the fees are lower. And the other thing that you can do is that you can associate directly your bank account to this Chivo application. So that makes it easy if you want to convert Bitcoin to US dollars and you can send like your, um, if you earn some money like speculating on Bitcoin, it, it was a lot more easy just doing within the Chivo application. It doesn't have like a really advanced interface, but many people found ways to like increase their amount of money converting uh, back and forth uh, from US dollars and Bitcoin. Yeah, and, and, and it was very popular. It, it, it was kind of funny because the government at some point realized that many people was using the Chivo application to make money. So they limit, uh, uh, for example, the number of times in the day that you can exchange between Bitcoin and dollars. Or uh, at some point they hide like the actual value. So you need to calculate it by hand. So it, it makes it difficult for the people that was uh, speculating. I, I think they called it this scheming. Like it's like getting these small earnings from the variations in the prices. Right. So that's kind of funny because at some point, uh, the, the official Chivo wallet account uh, so, uh, published like a tweet uh, saying something like, we have found that some users illegally were making earnings on Bitcoin. And all of their users were pretty mad at them because they, they, they were like, hey, guys, you never told us that it was illegal to make money from the, this application. So why you are accusing us of uh, doing illegal things if, if the application allows you to exchange and, 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 and this, it, it doesn't charge you any fees for that? So they had to erase that tweet. And then... They published another tweet that they were going to limit the number of uh, uh, these uh, uh, conversions between uh, US dollars and Bitcoin because um, they gave like another reason, but it didn't make any sense. It was pretty obvious that the government didn't like that people was making money with the application. <laughs> That's amazing because they actually found a, a use for it in terms of like they found like a market. They found a user base. And then they yeah. got upset that how that user base was using it. <laughs> it so, was pretty fun because it was the guys. Why you are limiting? You allow the, the the people. It, it. I mean, it. You can expect that if you are not charging any fees to make these conversions, people would use to make money. I actually, I, mean, I actually didn't consider that. That like I, I thought this whole time, you know, thinking in my head. You know, just I guess from reading everything, I'm thinking, oh, you know, uh, El Salvador just wants to promote the use of Bitcoin in all the ways possible. But from what you're telling me, they literally just want people to use it to buy and sell things. Zero, you know, investing in terms of like market speculation or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. At least from this Chivo wallet application. And, and you know, it's... Are, are the, is, the government, is the government taking a hit somehow? By yeah, not charging yeah, fees, and, and, and that's the and that's the part that is not very clear because you know supposedly they are not charging any fees, but that means that someone is paying for that, and obviously if it's a government 
application that means that all taxpayers are paying for these fees that the users uh, don't see in their applications. Yeah, the problem is that we don't know how much the government is paying for these services. We know that they are using exchange services for do, doing all these conversions and, 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 and to buy Bitcoin when people uh, transfer it out from the Chivo wallet. But yeah, we, we don't have any numbers and all information is classified as secret. So we don't have a way how much is costing uh, for the taxpayers. What we know is that they spent at least $200 million uh, on setting up the system. This includes the application, the, AT the ATMs, and probably the services that they use to make everything work. So it, it's an experiment that costed us uh, $200 million uh, of Salvadorian taxpayer money. And on top of that, isn't it true that uh, you know the, the, the Chivo app is dealing isn't even dealing on the blockchain. It's like a side chain th thing. Well, I'm going to give you my technical opinion on this. It's not blockchain, you know, because when you, um, when you do transfers between uh, two Chivo users, what you get is like a sequential transaction ID, just a number. It's not even like a, uh, uh, a blockchain transaction. It's just like a sequential number. Like if when you go to the supermarket and get a receipt, it has like a number on it. That's what you get within the application. No link to the uh, no links to the blockchain. Nothing. So the only times when you actually interact with the Bitcoin blockchain is when you send Bitcoin outside of the wallet. Um, you have like two mechanisms of doing this. You can use the uh, direct. Uh, uh, you can use the the Bitcoin blockchain uh, directly. If you have any other uh, wallet, you can transfer it outside the Chivo application, and uh, or you can use the Lightning Network. That is this layer two technology that uh, Bitcoiners are promoting. That uh, it's cheaper supposedly um, and you can use these to transfer funds outside the 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 Chivo wallet the problem is that you know you know that they have like this central um, system that process all the transactions because you know sometimes when you try to uh, get bitcoin out of this wallet it takes too long or never shows and we have several users that uh, for some reason the transaction fails and then uh, the chivo wallet support team uh, uh, refunds them on on or reverts the application so at the time that you have this uh, um, uh, possibility of of of, of uh, reverse transactions. Uh, you have these delays that are not related to the uh, actual Bitcoin network. You know that this is not blockchain. So it, it, it's it's like a. I don't know if it's a side chain. I don't think it's even blockchain. Maybe it's just a database that keeps record of all transactions that happens within the Chivo. And then when they need to uh, connect with uh, the actual Bitcoin blockchain or external system, they actually make this transaction. So yeah, it's it's not Bitcoin at all. It's That's the funny part. The, the, the most used Bitcoin application in El Salvador doesn't actually use Bitcoin directly. <laughs> right. That's a cr also another uh, wonderful thing is you were telling me about how there's like 
customer support and reverting uh, issue like things when like something fails, refunding of things when things fail. And that's great, but also not something that you can do on a blockchain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's again what supposedly uh, the way that blockchain works. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of things that doesn't make a lot of sense. So uh, you really question uh, if what they're implementing back in El Salvador is Bitcoin. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's kind of fun because Bitcoiners, when you ask them, about this sometimes depending on uh, if the argument favors them uh, they tell you that el salvador is actually using bitcoin or if you point them all these things that are actually not blockchain or bitcoin at all then they say that chivo is not bitcoin so it's kind of funny so <laughs> mario gomez thank you so much this is this first of all i want to ask before we go actually let me just we started with your with what your arrest, and I don't want to yeah. leave people worried about you. I'm looking at the screen, and it doesn't look like you're in a Salvadorian jail. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I had to leave El Salvador after that happened because you know um, I talked with with my lawyers back there, and they told me, well, it's it's not safe for you anymore. Uh, being here in El Salvador, if you want to keep talking about what's going on with the government and all these things that we don't have answers. So, yeah, I, de I decided to leave the country. I'm now in the U.S., um, so I cannot give you the specific location That's fine. for obvious reasons. But, yeah, um, um, yeah I'm, I'm tracking, I'm, what I'm trying to do now is to explain people like you what is really going on back there and the way that people, uh, and the, the way that people is suffering because uh, things are getting worse every day. And, yeah, I think that the only thing that I can do now is to share my experience and say, okay, yeah, you want to promote something that supposedly gives freedom to the people, but I had to leave my country just because explaining people what's going on and what kind of thing didn't make sense at all about the Bitcoin law implementation in El Salvador. This is, it really is extremely fascinating. And hearing it from you uh, honestly made it even you know, more uh, just extraordinary because you, know, you were there and you, you lived it. Where can people find you online? I want to make sure people who you know enjoyed our talk can continue to follow yeah. along with. My my Twitter handle is kind of weird, so but uh, it's it's the place where I uh, publish most of the things related to El Salvador. It's mostly in Spanish, but some sometimes I I put tweets in English, so it's kind of long. It's M X G X W uh, underscore. Um, G A M M A. So it's it's crazy. Better you look on, <laughs> on your on your podcast because uh, yeah, I'll leave the link. Mario Gomez Twitter, uh, El Salvador Bitcoin on Google, and you will find my Twitter handle. It's that's more even, easy. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. And I hope I I would love to have you back on to give us updates because this is this is you know really incredible. Uh, Mario Gomez, everyone, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you for inviting me. And if you want to know more about Salvador, well, I'm happy to be here again. So, everyone, are you feeling unshackled thanks to Bitcoin quite yet? Here on Scam Economy, we will keep track of what's going on in El Salvador 
and we will definitely have Mario back on as more develops. Folks, to support the show, go to patreon.com slash mattbinder and become a patron. That's the best way to support the show if you can, if you have the financial means to do so. Uh, really trying to build the Patreon subscriber base. So if you can do that, that would be fantastic. If you'd like to give a one-off donation, you can do that by dropping a super chat if you're watching the YouTube premiere or the subsequent Crypto Hotline live stream post show that airs on YouTube and Twitch right after that. Well, you'd drop the super chat on YouTube, of course, and you could drop a paid Twitch subscription at twitch.tv slash mapbinder. And the YouTube channel is youtube.com slash mapbinder. Boy, am I all over the place. Well, also on Twitch, by the way, uh, you can subscribe if you're an Amazon Prime member. At no extra cost to you via Twitch Prime. You get one free Twitch Prime subscription each month. It's the equivalent of uh, becoming Robin Hood, stealing from Jeff Bezos, and giving to me. It literally costs you nothing extra. It's a win, 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 win. That's many wins. You can also support this show by, oh, YouTube just launched an interesting new feature called a Super Thanks. It works just like Super Chats but for any uploaded video. So if you watch this episode of Scam Economy on YouTube at youtube.com slash you don't need to watch the live premiere to leave a super chat. You can leave a super thanks. Again, same thing, but for non-live videos. And drop a one-off donation. You get a highlighted comment too right under the video. It's a cool new way to support the show if you don't want a subscription, but you do want to donate something. And if you don't want to financially support the show at all, uh, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's a great way to support this show that doesn't cost you a dime. You can find those links by going to scameconomy.com or just searching for Scam Economy in the Apple Podcasts and Spotify app. If you can leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it. It helps people find the show. And of course, tell your friends, tell your family members, tell anyone you know who is investing in crypto to call in to the post-show crypto hotline that's live on youtube and twitch on thursday nights follow me on twitter at matt binder and check out the latest episode of my other podcast doomed at doomedcast.com where i spoke with lance of the popular twitch channel the surfs about well twitter's new owner or to be more accurate, owner to be Elon Musk and what's going to happen to Twitter subsequently. Oh boy. With that, folks, I will see you all next time on the Scam Economy. <laughs>